Now, keep your texts coming in to 51551. How does sleeping in minus 40 degrees for seven nights sound to you? And what would you say if I told you you had to do that in skis? Well, avid adventurer and Killarney native Kevin Lee, he has done just that. He has braved the elements, travelling over 300 kilometres in snow and ice to complete the Montane Arctic Spine Race. Not only did he complete the race, he was the last man standing and the overall winner. And he joins me on the line now, I think on a bus in Sweden. Kevin, are you there? I am, Captain. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, sir. I'm good. You're coming home victorious. I am. I am. Doing Amazing. It's going to take a while, though. <laughs> Amazing. So, where where actually are you at the minute? I am. I'm up in Arctic Sweden, somewhere between Yakvik, where I finished the race, and uh, Lulia, where there's an airport. And uh, tomorrow I fly Lulia, Stockholm, Stockholm, London, London, Cork. Okay. So, did you sleep in a bed last night? I did. I slept on a couch for a little bit and then I jumped into the bed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Camille, tell me about the race then, just so we can get a sense of what you put your body through. So, I suppose, so I ended up racing for uh, just over 300 kilometres. Um, it's totally self-sufficient, so you're pulling, you're pulling all, everything belonging to you. So your food, your, your sleeping bag, your emergency rations, any spare clothes you need, and all your cooking equipment and stuff like that as well. A tent? Um, I didn't. Uh, I was in a tent for the first couple of nights. Then I abandoned the tent and I had a little bivy bag. So it's like another bag that goes over a sleeping bag. So I, the second half of the race, I just had the bivy rather than the tent. I was having a lot of condensation issues with the tent. Every time I'd wake up, it would be wet inside. So I changed over to a bivy bag. Okay, so you're sleeping in a bag. And this is minus 40. Yeah, the coldest it got, it was, it was probably below minus 40 one particular night. Are you able like, to sleep? I, I, yeah, definitely got some restorative shot eye. All right, yeah. I wasn't sure how I was going to go because minus four. That's 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 desperately cold. I just, I didn't. I was I was kind of cruising along and I knew it was cold on these lakes and I I bumped into these in the middle of the night. These two mushers, these like you know the dog sled guys, mm. and uh, one of them said it's it's really cold. It's really cold on these lakes. Minus forty, and I was like right. <laughs> and I was like normally when you hear those temperatures are when it gets really cold, you try to just keep moving, not like not not sleep. But I was so tired, I had to sleep. I was just I, I was worried I was going to fall asleep kind of standing up, which was kind of more dangerous. Yeah. So I got to this little uh, abandoned village. A lot of the, the Sami villages up here are abandoned in the winter. Uh, but there was a church there, so I dug all the snow off the steps of the church and set, set up my little bed. And I got in and, yeah, I, I, I slept because I woke up and woke up and it was nice. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm alive. And the sun has rose, so this is good. I'm alive. Well, that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. um, like, descri- try and describe how that cold feels because I'm somebody who really feels the cold. I feel the cold in the extremities of the fingers and the toes and the pain. I'm just, I can't even comprehend. Yeah, it's, it's, probably, a similar, it's probably a similar pain to what you would get except, except more and worse. But um, I suppose I've got, you know, I'm, I'm well kitted out with the layers and stuff like that. I've got... I've got uh, three, maybe sometimes four, four pairs of gloves on, and again, it's it's about keeping moving, keeping yourself warm. But the extremities are always the ones, you know, they're yeah. always the ones that start to start to bite first. You get the frost nip first, and you can get the frost bite and stuff like that. And um, how many people took part in the race, Kevin? And are you kind of cross? Are you over and back with them? Are you, you know, or did you lead from the front the whole way, or how does that um, work? Uh, Fifteen started the race. I was. I was kind of pretty much front runner, the majority of it. Now, there was a couple of people I was kind of with, with here and there kind of thing, but mm. one by one they slowly dropped off. So I was kind of the last two, three days, two nights out there by myself. Okay, and Just, I can uh, imagine that has positives, obviously, but negatives as well, because you have no idea 
what speed they're coming behind you or what speed you're travelling at. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. yeah. It, it gives more of a... There's the race feel, you know, which you know, which I don't always love. Like, I like just being out there. I did really enjoy the last couple of days because, like, ah, this isn't the race anymore. This is me walking in the snow, um, which which was nice. You know, you're not, you're not panicking so much kind of thing. You get to enjoy the experience a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you did this on skis. It's uh, it's what we pointed out at the beginning. You've done these ultra marathons before where you're running in snow and, and all that. You've completed a lot of those adventure races. But this was the first time you'd done it on skis. And you, you've never been skiing. No, I've never, I've never done much skiing, no. When I, signed up, when I signed up for it, I kind of thought I was doing it on foot. And then I caught up for a, a video call with the, with the organiser. And he's like, no, no, you, you'll, you'll need to do it on skis. It's just, cause, just purely because of the conditions. And you couldn't, you couldn't finish it on, on snowshoes kind of thing on, on, in the time specified. Uh, and I was happy, to be honest. I'd, I'd always wanted to. I'd, I'd, I'd come across a guy years ago that, had, that, that did a lot of like, hut-to-hut skiing. You can, ski, you can ski from Norway over to Russia all, shoot, via all these huts. I was like, that sounds like a cool adventure. So I've always had this kind of long-distance skiing thing on my mind. Mm. And this was just like, right, I'll better learn to ski then. <laughs> I love it. And I'm, I'm trying to think how... You're a fella in Killarney, you run a hostel down there. So in terms yeah. of the mountain and in terms of the training, you've got all the mountains, you've got the altitude, so you can box all that off. But how do you train for minus 40 and how do you train to walk 300 kilometres on skis? You know, it kind of reminds me of cool runnings, you know, the, um, yeah, yeah, the, the Jamaican yeah, yeah. bobslayers. And that's right. Yeah. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah, it does a bit. It does a bit of that too. Yeah, these paddy, paddy up in the Arctic with all some of these experienced people that live up in the Arctic and they're running there. And there's me. Um, so with the ski thing, I suppose I got a pair of like ski hikes. They're kind of skis on wheels. So that's how, how like I did that in Ireland. I was able to cruise around on them. Um, so that was the, the physical side of the skiing kind of boxed away. But with the cold, there's there's nothing really you can do. There's nothing I've done. Like I've heard of people that have trained in refrigerators and stuff like that, but I've never done that. I think it's just like keeping your wits about you and, and a bit of experience. I suppose I've been at I've been at the cold stuff now for five years. So mm. um, you sound like a fella. You just ago. take literally take everything in your stride, and you've got that adventure streak in you. Always looking for the next high. I'd I'd imagine it's fair to say in terms of pushing yourself from an endurance perspective. But it had to. You had to have those dark days as well when you're going. She's like, what am I doing? Or or did you have those kind of outer body experiences? I did. I did. I had both. Yeah. Like I had. I had absolutely ecstatic moments where the nature was so beautiful and I had good music on and I was cruising. And what music? What music was, do you take with you on something I like had, this? Um, I had some good stuff this time. I was a lot better. I had um, I had a lot of I had a lot of Lancome playing and a lot of Martin Hayes and uh, the, the Italian guy uh, Ludovico Audini. A lot, a lot of kind of classical ambient stuff and it's lovely in the snow. Okay, well let's let's uh, bring you back. Oh. Let's get a bit of Lancome. Can we better get a bit of Lancome going or a bit of Martin Hayes? Oh, here we go. There you go, yeah. So yeah. this kind of stuff, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. What are you seeing when this is playing? You could be, you know, you could be just, you could be like one, there was one morning I, I got up at like three o'clock in the morning, it was pitch black and I was like cruising up, well not cruising, but I was pulling the sled uphill for, felt like hours and then I got on top of the hill and the sun was starting to rise and then I could see as there was more light coming that I was on top of a pretty decent mountain and there was an inversion so all the cloud was like all down in the bottom of all the valleys so all you could see is these little snow peaked mountains and hills all for as far as the eye could see and the sun is 
sun is rising in the distance and I've got this nice music on and I'm just like skiing back down into the clouds. It was absolutely awesome. So you're there on your own, eight days in the snow, minus 40, walking on your skis, eating your dehydrated food, sleeping for two hours a night in a bag. Like self-talk <laughs> is very, living the dream. Self-talk <laughs> must be very important. And that kind of question, why do you do it? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of self-talk. And why do I do, I do it? I, I, I suppose... Yeah, like that, that, that's always been the question. I, I think first and foremost, it's just an adventure. It's just always, this is a mad adventure. I'm here, there's the Northern Nights. I'm here by myself on a mountain and I'm looking at the Northern Nights. It's, it's a cool way to experience stuff like that. Um, and like, you know, it's not, the events are great, but like the preparation for the events is also great. The learning and the people you're training with and stuff like that. It's, it's not always, it's, it's kind of, it becomes a lifestyle of just staying fit and healthy and learning and, and, and going to cool places and, and seeing nice things kind of thing like I'm a big sunrise person so it's much easier for me to get up for a sunrise to go training than it is if I don't have an event or something coming up it's like I don't I'll just stay in bed but then you miss the sunrise kind of thing Amazing and what's next for you Kevin have you another race on the agenda? (laughs) No nothing and I'd say I'm just going to enjoy the fun and festivities now for the the summer making coffees and walking the dogs and all that boring stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) Listen Kevin Leahy congratulations again first man first Irish man to complete the Montana Arctic Spine race on his way home from Arctic Sweden and uh, lovely to catch up with you today